0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to 24 Church and uh, our uh, stream this morning. And uh, thank you for joining in uh, with us today. Uh, thank you to Nathan, to our worship team, and everybody that's working so hard to help make all these things happen, uh, and to Ben uh, for trying to keep us up to speed on everything. Uh, I know he's going to mention some things at the end of this video in detail. just want to make a quick mention of a uh, couple of just kind of that are heavy, I think, on my heart of just that I hope that you can be a part part of. Uh, and the first is uh, that we have this coming Sunday, an actual gathering of people here uh, on the campus of what we call 24 Church, where our building is anyway. And uh, we would love for you to join us for that. Uh, ben will have details about that. It's called the Breakfast Worship Tour. And there are reasons why all three of those things are a part of the name. So make sure you stick around to the end to get the details from Ben. And then also there's going to be a service Survey about us gathering here in the near future and what that might look like. Uh, and we want some input from you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, so please, please make sure that you get online to the website. Ben will talk about that as well. I don't want to give too much away. So uh, just make sure you get those details and get on and, and help us with that. We'd love to know uh, your thoughts and, and that kind of thing on that. So um, yeah, I want to share a passage of scripture with you this morning. And I want to pray over that passage, um, pray over our time together if I can. Let's let's pray right now. God, thank you so much for um, Lord loving us. Despite all of our stuff, and uh, God, we just we just thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made. Thank you for being a loving Father who loves us unconditionally, uh, who is always there for us. God, help us uh, to see that on a daily basis. May we may we trust in you. May we put all of our hope in you uh, and what you've done for us through your Son Jesus. Um, God, I pray that you would speak to us this morning through your Word, uh, Lord. Uh, be glorified in it. We pray that for our lives, that you would be glorified in our lives and that you would be glorified in this time we have together. Uh, And uh, God, just speak to us, uh, mold us and shape us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. So uh, I want to share with you a passage of scripture that uh, is. Uh, I'll just be honest with you. There's certain passages that uh, in life when I don't know uh, when I don't know what else to study in scripture that I that I go study certain books of the Bible and that kind of thing. And uh, and one of those books is the book of Philippians. Uh, and so uh, I found myself just in the midst of all the chaos of everything that's going on in our world right now. Uh, I found myself just feeling led, really, to just go study the book of Philippians. And so I did. And I didn't get past chapter one before I felt God saying, That'll preach, you know. That's what a preacher says when, uh, when we when we hear something. that's like, oh yeah, that, that's good. That'll preach. So uh, that's uh, that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. So if you've got a Bible, you want to get get it out and check it out with us. We're going to Philippians chapter one, and we're going to read verses 12 through 30 uh, of this of this passage. Uh, just just kind of kind of a uh, scoping this out, not getting too too deep into it, but I, I think it'll speak to our hearts today. One of the things that I'm always reminded of when uh, I, I teach or study the book of Philippians is that Paul is writing this from prison. God spoke to Paul's Paul's heart and used this time in which he was in prison for him to pen what we have as the book of Philippians, which was a letter written to a church in Philippi. Um, And so, uh, in the midst of this letter and, and, and reading through this passage, uh, I want you to keep that in mind. Um, and I, I think that that speaks to us today uh, for in, any one of us going through anything at all. And, and I, I'd venture to say that everyone is going through something right now. Uh, I, I think that's I think that that's probably a fair statement. Uh, and, and, and that may be different kinds of things in all sorts of ways. Uh, but uh, I think the Lord can, can, can really ease our hearts today, speak to our hearts today, minister to us today. And, and, and I'm praying that God would minister to us today. I'm praying He'd minister to me. I'm praying He'd minister to you as you watch or listen to this right now. Uh, I want to go ahead and start. Verse 12, it says this in Philippians 1. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now, Paul is speaking of the whole uh, idea that he is in prison and that he is there and that God is using this time in which he's in prison to advance the gospel. I'll read it again. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ so, you know, he's he's speaking, he's, he's writing this, and he's speaking out to those who've been concerned for him, uh, as they had very good reason to be. Uh, prison then was uh, especially not always such a great thing. Uh, and Paul is, is sending this letter out to them to say, hey, uh, you know, this is, God's using this moment, okay? So, you know, hang in there. I'm hanging in there. God's using this. I'm rolling with it. Uh, and he says in verse 13, so that it has become known that throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to all the rest my imprisonment is for Christ. So he's saying that every one of these officers in the guard who is watching over the prison at that moment in time, all of them are hearing about Jesus. This is huge. And again, it goes back to what he says in verse 12, uh, that uh, uh, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Uh, he goes on, verse 14, he says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, Paul is also pointing to the fact that he knows that God has also used his imprisonment to help other brothers in Christ to be more bold and to speak the word without fear is what he says right there. So, uh, this is this is a great example for us, and that's and that's what Paul is sharing here. Uh, Paul is definitely not tooting his horn. Uh, he's he's sharing from uh, concern for those that are concerned about him. He's kind of giving them a hey, don't be don't don't fall into fear, okay? Don't fall into being worried about me because I'm here. God is using this moment. God is using this moment. I think that's a statement for us today. For us to be mindful of and thinking about in is God using these moments in our lives. Can God use our suffering for his kingdom to advance the gospel? Paul keeps going in verse 15. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others do uh, from goodwill. Now, this is an interesting verse, and I'll be honest with you. I've I've studied Philippians a lot of times, uh, many many times over the years. I, I don't even know how many times. And uh, you know, this is this is one of those verses that I'll be honest. I'm not positive that I have just really ever honed in on this verse and like really paid attention to it. Paul is talking about other people that are supposedly sharing about Jesus, but some of them, he's saying, some indeed, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others, do, uh, but others from goodwill. Now he, he goes on to explain this a little bit. Verse 16, the latter do it out of love. Uh, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then, he says? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So he's, he's saying, you know, uh, there's some people that are, that are after me, and they're using their pulpit, I guess, uh, to talk bad about me and to try to create affliction in my direction, uh, speaking against Paul. Uh, and who knows? I mean, the gossip train was probably just as great back then as it is now. Uh, you know, I, I know for a fact that that I have have been attacked at times from other people and even other pastors or whatever uh, who maybe don't understand who maybe didn't understand uh, the heart behind starting a church uh, in an area where some would say oh there's already churches and those kinds of things um, and I, and I understand that I, I you know and, and grace abounds for those people and I hold no hard feelings toward them uh, you know uh, Paul probably in some much greater ways probably was dealing with all kinds of things he's in Prison. What do people say about people in prison? They say all kinds of things and, and they make all kinds of assumptions and all, all sorts of things. And so, uh, you know, but I love Paul's heart here. What do we see him say? He says, uh, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So he's saying, bottom line, as long as they're telling people about Jesus, I don't care. In fact, he doesn't just say, I don't, he doesn't say, I don't care. He says, I rejoice. I'm glad that others are hearing the gospel of Jesus. Uh, that tells us a whole lot about Paul's heart today. Um, and, and and in this, again, being reminded that, that Paul is, is teaching this, from prison. He's writing this in prison. And what we happen to know to be probably Paul's last writing, like this is the last thing that we have from Paul uh, before he is killed because of what he did, which was preaching about Jesus, preaching the gospel. And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to make too much out of this, but you know, I mean, just for us today, as we struggle through different seasons of life and different moments of life where we may have these big prisons or little prisons that uh, we have to be in for periods of time or whatever it may be. For us, I think today to be challenged, and Paul is going to continue to challenge us in a few minutes here, for us to be challenged in the thought of are we letting God use those moments to work through us that others might know who Christ is, I think is is this huge, huge piece for us today. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I'll, I will say this with this passage, with the whole book of Philippians, I, I can't tell you how many times I feel like every time I've ever gone to visit anyone in a prison or a jail, every single time I have shared with them and asked them, have you been studying the book of Philippians? And and I'm pretty sure no one has said yes yet. And every time they say no, why? And I say, well, didn't you know that Paul wrote that from prison? Say that to a prisoner who is sitting on the other side of a glass window talking to you through a phone. And the lights go off, the lights go off. And, and, and I say that to say to us today, maybe you've never been in a prison, maybe you've never been in a jail, I hope you haven't had to go through that. I know a lot of people that have, and many at 24 that have. Uh, but let me say this to you, I'll say this. For all of us, in these moments of life, that same light bulb should still go off for us that we are reminded that Paul is speaking from the experience of literally suffering, not just for the choice of suffering for something, but he's suffering for the cause of Christ. And that's that's huge for us today. I want to keep going here. I want to, want to continue to read here. It says, uh, it says this. Uh, we'll pick up verse 18 where we were just left off. What then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaiming Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And then he says, yes, I will rejoice. He's he's He is repeating himself here and, and making it clear that he is happy, he has joy, he is excited that these people are sharing about Christ. Even the ones that were talking smack about him. Verse 19, it goes on, it says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ this will turn out for my Deliverance. Now, deliverance. Here, what's he talking about? Is he talking about to get out of prison? Uh, Maybe. I think he leaves it the way that he leaves it on purpose. I want to keep reading here. We'll, We'll we'll continue to see Paul talking about some of this. As it is, my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. But that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So Paul is bringing in another element here, whereas you know he's been you know kind of speaking to the here and now and what was going on in his situation a little bit, and he knows that there's people concerned about him, but he's wanting them to he's wanting to bring them along uh, for another conversation that I think is super important for us to have uh, when it comes to our life, our eternity, all those things. Uh, I'll read this part again. But with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. We'll keep reading. We'll come back. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me because of my coming to you again. So Paul here paints this picture for us that is something that I don't think that they probably saw coming when they were going to read this letter from their friend that they care very much about and they were worried about being in prison. And, you know, again... These are Paul's last words that we have in writing uh, before he's killed. And he quickly makes this jump right after talking about that deliverance piece. You remember that up in verse 19? He said in verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Uh, you know, and I'm sure that when they first read that, they're thinking, oh, yeah, Paul's, Paul's sure that he's going to get released from prison. That may be what Paul was talking about. But I think Paul is also talking about this reminder that whether life or death, whichever one he's dealt, he is sure of his deliverance, not just from a thing called prison, but from a thing called sin and a thing called hell. And I think this is huge for us today because here we have a glimpse into a moment of someone who is really suffering for the sake of Christ, really suffering, really going through something awful. And instead of, instead of just you know, losing his mind, and I, I'll just be honest with you, I think I might be losing my mind if I'm in the situation that he's in, and, but instead of losing his mind, he is clinging clinging to the truth of the gospel. His hope is in Jesus. And he says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And he's saying, I want God to be glorified through me, whether it is while I am alive or whether it is if I'm dead. And I hope that God would use that. And in verse 21, he says, "For to me, to live as Christ, and to die is gain. To live as Christ, and to die is gain." What does he mean by that? Well, he goes on to explain that. Verse 20, one, verse 22. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Fruitful labor for me. Now, he's not talking about he's not talking about work to like make money. He's not talking about that labor. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He is, he is ha- trying to help us to understand something that I think is so great and unbelievably awesome for any of us who can who can get this piece of truth about our calling in this world, which is to glorify God, and that in everything and all things that we do, if He could be glorified, then that is us succeeding at, at following and carrying out the will of God for our lives. I think that's huge for us today. He's saying if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. He's saying to live as Christ means that I would do the work that he's called me to do here and that the the gospel would be advanced. He's already been talking about that. He's already, he's in prison. He's talking about the whole imperial guard. Everybody's hearing about Jesus. There are people believing. Brothers are becoming more bold. They're speaking without fear. I mean, these, these are huge statements Paul's making especially at this moment in time in history when people are literally being killed for telling others about Jesus. He goes on, he says, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. He's, he's saying, I, and he goes on, verse 23, I am hard pressed between the two. Uh, my desire is to depart and be with Christ. That is far, uh, that is for that is far better. So he's, he's this back and forth. He's saying, you know, if I had to tell you which one I'd rather be doing right now, I'm really, I'm really torn between those two. Like he's saying, I look forward to being with Jesus. I look forward to being with Jesus. I look forward to what is to come. That is so opposite of the way most of us are thinking most of the time because all we're thinking about is right now, what's our retirement plan look like? What's our shell collection look like that we're going to get one day? Uh, Thank you, John Piper, for that story uh, 20 years ago now that affected so many of us. You know, it's, it's it's this understanding that those are not the things that we are living this life for. Absolutely not. Like Those aren't the things that we need to be worried about. The things that we need to be worried about are kingdom things, like people knowing Jesus because we were a part of their lives. That's what this this life is for. That's what we're called to. That's hard in hard moments. Because in hard moments, all we know, all we feel like we can see sometimes is the color red. All we feel like we can see uh, and feel is the pain and the suffering He says, my desire is to depart depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Verse 24, but to remain, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all, with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. I like that Paul says, continue with you all. You know, the southern way would be to continue with y'all, Right. And uh, and Paul was convinced. He says, "I'm convinced of this that I'm to remain and to continue with y'all, <laughs> your progress and joy in the faith." He's saying, "I believe that God has called me to stay here for this time. He has not taken my life. He has not taken me home to be with Jesus at this point in time because He has called me to be here and to do this and to advance the gospel." Little did he know that his life would be short after that statement but what an amazing example he left behind for us and and Christ is honored and glorified where he said whether by life or by death he is honored and glorified by both by his life and even in his death and he says that statement at the end of that I'll read verse 25 again convinced of this I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Progress and joy in the faith. Those are, those are big words for us today because I think there's a lot of folks that are missing their joy. And it's because they don't realize that they're just looking for it everywhere else but in Jesus. Like how much better are our days being believers when we're seeking the Lord? when we're allowing His peace and His hope to overcome us from spending time in His Word, from spending time and seeking Him in prayer. I mean, God just does a number on us on those days that takes us to a place that we, honestly, we, we love when we are there and we long for it, and the truth is we wake up in the mornings longing for it and then we go and we seek it out in every other possible way that we can fathom. Verse 26, he says, So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Verse 27, Paul flips the table and he's talking to us about how we live. And he says in verse 27, "...only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side with the faith of the gospel." So Paul is saying, I want to hear about the things that God is doing in you. I want to hear about what He's doing in you. And I want to hear that you're standing firm. I want to hear that you're doing it in one spirit. And I want to hear that with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not, he says in verse 28, and not frightened in anything by your opponents, this is, this is Paul's hope for the church. This is Paul's hope for us. This is Jesus' hope for us. That we would be those people. That we would stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by our opponents. And in that today, I'm reminded of the bottom line of the cause of Christ in which the church is called to, His his bride, that this body of believers, that we would carry out people knowing who Jesus is, that we would do whatever it takes to make sure that people know who Jesus is in our lives, in our suffering, gonna put us in prison okay well let's make sure the imperial guard knows who Jesus is gonna put us in the suffering may the world know who Jesus is if he gives us any kind of of uh, box to stand on to tell the world anything may they know who Christ is may we not waste our suffering Paul goes on and says verse 28, I'll read again, "...and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God... For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Verse 29, let me read it again. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, You should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Suffering is part of life. And suffering is part of what we are called to go through as Christians. You can't candy coat that. It's part of it and today we've just got to we 've got to see that these moments that we may live in and that we may see other believers living in that we could encourage one another and that we could encourage one another to cling to the cross that we could cling to Jesus that we could be reminded of who God is and what he 's done for us I want to read something to you that um, just has really spoken to my heart and it's a story of suffering we have a family in our community uh, Will and Shivana Shaw who have a two-year-old boy named Ethan and Ethan has a very, very aggressive form of cancer. He's already had surgery. Uh, they've been through a lot of things in just a very short amount of time from learning about what's going on with Ethan. And I want us to be praying for their family. But furthermore, I want to share with something with you, I want to share with you something that Will, Ethan's father shared on social media just um, a few days ago. It says this. I'm just going to read it word for word. Okay. I would like to share something with you all. Pretty much all of my life, I have held to the position that Jesus should not have died for humanity. Granted, I am more than grateful for the incredible salvation and spiritual work that he did for us, but really none of us deserved it. We know that. But a few weeks ago, I understood for the first time In my life, why he did it. The morning that Ethan had his surgery, when the doctors took him away from us, and he was crying and scared, it felt like my heart was tearing in my chest. The separation I felt was so immense. I felt like I would have given my life 10 times to save him from what he was about to endure at that moment that I was saying, oh God help me, in my mind I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke and said in a small way, you understand that the father of all the human race could not stand to be separated from his children. And that is why he took a human body whose name was Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, which means Savior. He gave his life For you and me, I love him more than ever and long to thank him face to face. If you don't know Jesus and would like to, do not put it off. Today is the day of salvation. Here's a father. Here's a father who is enduring suffering like many of us may never know the thought of losing his child. And in the midst of this moment, he is being reminded of what God the Father has done for us in sending his own son Jesus to give his life for us that we could know Christ. And I'll tell you something, I don't know Will super, super well we have been around each other a few times. I'm grateful for his testimony of what Christ has done in his life. Uh, And I I can tell you without a doubt, just from knowing what little I know about Will, that he loves Jesus and uh, is a child of God. But I'll say this about Will, is this, I can tell that even in the midst of this suffering, the reason that he is able to write something like that, that his heart could even be bent in that direction, is because he understands our hope is not here. And it is not in the things that we can get and in 401Ks. It is in Jesus. Wholeheartedly, 100% in Jesus. And I'm thankful for that testimony today. And I pray that if God ever has me to suffer in any way, shape, or form near as bad, worse, better, whatever, that I too would be a person who God could use to be honored by that my life would be for His glory. Folks, this life is for His glory. It is to advance the gospel. It is so that others could know Jesus. That is the reason we love. That is the reason we give out food. That is the reason that we put money into sticks and stones. It is 100% to point people to Jesus, no other reason at all. And I pray that it will always be that way. I pray that if you don't know Jesus, that today would be the day of your salvation, that you could learn of the joy and rejoice, just like Paul in the midst of his suffering, that you too could rejoice in understanding what it means that this life is for his glory. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would just continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, through your word, I pray that we could be of great encouragement to one another as the bride, as as the church body, God, that we could push each other towards you, uh, even when we're not together. God, I pray that we're doing that. I pray that we're checking on each other, that we're loving on each other. God, help us to do that. Help us to not get caught up in if anybody's done that for me, but Lord, what can I do in somebody else's life? How can I minister? How can I serve them? even in the middle of my suffering, even in the middle of my little prison right now, Lord God, I pray that you would use us for your glory, that others might know Jesus because they know us. Lord, it is a simple prayer. God, I I pray that you'd make it real. Use us. Use this life for your glory. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.